That was a pretty fun cruise. I don't know why we had to stop over in Carpathia, but... <laughs> Whatever. Mm. Also, don't know why the cruise line was named Nosferatu, but... <laughs> it gets lively at night. The band is... It's a bloody masterpiece. <laughs> I think it gets the opposite of lively. <laughs> Fair. Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we are back with more news of the pop culture variety. Some gaming, some comics, some movies. All fascinating. To an extent, yes. To an, to an extent. <laughs> the gaming news, maybe not so much, because the gaming news I got this week is Pokemon news. Oh boy. We had a Pokemon Presents August 8th, and... I've seen the meme very prevalently of Pokemon Presents, this could have been an email. <laughs> I guess that's why I didn't hear about it, because I didn't know that that actually even took place. I figured I would have, like, seen it on somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot. Like, there was some stuff about the Pokemon World Championships, which, cool, yep, yeah, whatever. Apparently they're making an animated short series on YouTube about the trading card game. Why? Actually, why? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'll admit. That's why. <laughs> yeah, no clue. Some Pokemon Unite stuff. Some Pokemon Masters EX stuff. Some Pokemon Cafe Remix stuff. Which none of that's what you're here for. Let's talk about Pokemon mm. Sleep. What is Pokemon Sleep? Dare I ask? <laughs> oh, that's that thing where you collect Pokemon Sleep styles, but to do so, you have to have your phone on and the app running while you're asleep, which. What? Either means you're gonna f*** up your battery, which I probably need to bleep, or it's a fire hazard. Uh, well, first and foremost, that sounds stupid as hell. <laughs> um, but that also sounds like a generally bad idea if you're someone who cares about, like, the longevity of your electronic devices. You'd think. Anyways, they announced a good sleep day in-game event that's coming up. I just wanted to make fun of Pokemon Sleep for the most part. That's fair. It, so, is this something tied... This is not anything tied to the actual Switch games or anything, right? This no, is it's, it's, it's phone. It's phone. It's, it's phone. Oh, God. Oh, it's, it's phony is what it is. Oh, oh. nice! <laughs> well done. That's stupid. Better than well done. Medium rare, even. <laughs> you get your meat well done, you're a psychopath. All I'm saying. For real, actually. You're just giving up all the juices. <laughs> Detective Pikachu Returns now has a release date. We got a whole new trailer that seems completely unnecessary because the game comes out October 6th. It does? Yeah. I thought it came out, like, early next year. Nope. Less than two months. Then what's the point of a new trailer? The game comes out in less than a couple months. Yeah, it was just Pikachu going, here's the situation, basically. And it's like, I... shouldn't we know by now? Yeah, right? it's like... It's like, here's the situation. We're getting more of you in a new game. That's that's all there is to it. Yeah. They did announce some, uh... They, weirdly enough, they were like, ah, the upcoming new series, Pokemon Horizons. And all I could think was, you mean in dub, right? Because the show's already out in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Which, okay. Yeah, that's weird. It's just like, yeah, the new show that's currently airing right now as we speak, actually. <laughs> The big thing everybody seems to have taken away from it is that the Pokemon trading card game for Game Boy and Pokemon Stadium 2 for the N64 have been added to Nintendo Switch Online. Oh, I'm really? not a huge fan of the card game, so that doesn't matter to me. And without the ability to transfer Pokemon from other games, which actually, can you do that? Hmm. Let me check this real quick. Yeah. I can't imagine you would. Where would you be able to transfer them from? 
Y- yeah. Nope. Players cannot transfer points. Then what's the bloody point? Yeah. And why did I suddenly say bloody? Because <laughs> I'm trying to censor myself is why, but go on. And because you're in theme with t- today's review, which we'll get to later. <laughs> oh, yeah, we will. All aboard mm. the SS Dracula, baby. <laughs> but yeah, isn't like trading and well i mean trading is always a big part of pokemon in general but isn't that like a core tenant of stadium yeah with stadium you could use rental pokemon but they all kind of suck so the main thing was being able to bring your pokemon in from other games to help you beat it is there a fee if you give them back late do they get mad if you record other pokemon on top of them hey there (laughs) but no that that's apparently a big thing i don't understand it i guess maybe the mini games might be fun Hmm, okay. Now, we also got some Scarlet and Violet news. Oh boy, your favorites. Yeah, I know, right? I can't believe they charged $60 for this game. I can't believe I paid $60 for this game. Mm. To be fair, I bought it from friends. That's fair. That is completely fair. Yeah. But they're doing a Mew distribution event. Really? Yeah, the Mew comes with a completely random nature and terra type which means it can terastalize into one of any of the 18 types mine was fairy which isn't super helpful for the other part of this equation which is that they're doing a seven star mightiest mark mewtwo raid end of august end of august to the mid-september i think is when this goes yeah so apparently something happens if you bring mew to fight mewtwo which I haven't touched hmm. a single one of these terror raids because I hate the idea of relying on other people for stuff, and also because terror raids are goddamn awful. Are they now? They are the stupidest fucking thing. There's a time meter, right? But mm-hmm. sitting in the menu drains time. <laughs> Animations waste time. When the enemy Pokemon does something, it wastes time. So animations that you like have no power to skip and all that are yeah. still using up time. That's dumb. And then, sometimes the enemy Pokemon throw up a shield, and you have to terastalize if you want to have any hope of getting through it, because they want to promote the new gimmick, and the terastalization meter and cutscene still takes down time. So it's just like... <laughs> huh! And then, if your Pokemon gets knocked out, not only do you have to wait to jump back in, but they hit you with a time penalty on top of it. So there's all this wasted time just to do this stupid stuff, and it's on Nintendo's internet. So you can just imagine how bad that already is. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. I was thinking to myself, how much, how worse could this get? It's like, and by the way, this is all on Nintendo's servers. It's like... <sighs> Ooh. <laughs> right? Right? So Ooh. I have not been bothering with a single one of these because as much as I complain about it, I actually happen to like my life decently. <laughs> but I guess I'm competing in this one because I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, that is your prerogative. Yep. <laughs> that kind of stuff has greatly influenced how I play and buy games. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Stupid stuff like that and avoiding it, I assume. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. We also got some new information on the DLC, the Hidden Treasure of Area Zero. Is this the first DLC for these games? No, that's it's the only DLC, I think. Oh. But it's got two parts. Is it one part for Scarlet and one part for Violet? No, God, no. But you do have to buy the DLC separately for each game. Why? <laughs> because Pokemon! Because... Oh, here goes Cody getting on his soapbox again. Pokemon has always been anti-consumer and predatory, (laughs) and we just gave it a pass because we were too young to know any better, and now it's just tradition, and you don't fucks with tradition. 
when you said, "Oh, hey, here comes here comes Cody on the soapbox," I was gonna try and find something in my space <laughs> to like make it sound like you were getting up on something. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, but not necessary. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we still don't have a release date for part two beyond winter twenty twenty three, but part one will be releasing September thirteenth, twenty twenty three. So about a month out now. Hmm. Apparently, there's gonna be mochi that let you change your Pokemon's effort values. Mochi? Yeah, it's it's like sticky candy. No, I know what it is. I'm just surprised, uh, like of all the things to go with. Well, I guess this the, the the DLC region you're going to for this first part is kind of Japanese based. Mm. I mean, it's called Kitakami, so you know. Fair, I, I guess. But uh, yeah, also apparently, Applin, the worm in the apple Pokemon. Is getting a new evolution, and it's just, it's just the dumbest thing on the planet. It's called Diplin, and it just looks like a candy apple, and I love it. Oh, hold on, I have to look this up, because I always like making fun of the new Pokemon designs. Okay, that's not what I had in mind. <laughs> uh, wow, that looks ugly. <laughs> I love it. He's so stupid, I love him. It's so stupid. <laughs> also getting an evolution is Archalodon. Well, Duraludon's getting the evolution, but it evolves into Archalodon. It's just a bridge. Wait, what? This Pokemon is a bridge. What is it called again? Archalodon. What do you look like? Oh my fucking god. He's just a bridge! (laughs) What a stupid looking thing. At what point do we actually start saying, yes, they have indeed run out of ideas? It's literally a bridge. It's a skyway. It turns even more into a bridge when it attacks, apparently. Mm. Like, it, it straight up goes horizontal. Yeah, I, I'm seeing a picture of that, and this might actually... See, now, what's funny is that I distinctly remember hating, like, the car keys Pokemon, and I was like, they, there's no way they ca- can come up with anything worse than that, and I see this, I was like, well, they've done it. <laughs> <laughs> they've uh, done it. I don't know if I should be impressed or or sad. Also, apparently, in the second part of the DLC, the Indigo Disc... You will be able to, in certain areas, fly your Coridon or Maridon around, and they've hinted that there may be a way to unlock it outside of those areas. Which... Okay. Boy, I can't wait to fly to the very tip-top of the map and watch everything run in 20 frames per second. (laughs) This game runs like poo. I don't usually care, but these games used to be better than this. I'm... I'm on top of the world. Er, 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 er. <laughs> oh no, he's glitching out! Uh, we also got confirmation of paradox forms for Raikou and Cobalion. Cobalion's is, you know, like all the other future paradoxes. It's a robot, it looks dumb. It's called Iron mm. Crown. It's Steel Psychic. Oh boy. But Raikou! I, uh, what's it called? Roaring Thunder? Well, it's called Raikou. Hold on a sec. <laughs> Okay. I've forgotten what it's called. Mm. I've already forgotten, but I love its design. Mm. Raging Bolt, that's it. Raging Bolt? Yeah. Let me put, Let me get you a picture of this stupid thing. Alrighty. God, this is gonna be fun to edit for me later. Ish. Why does it look like a pimp? What? <laughs> it looks like it has a pimp hat around it. It's a giraffe! <laughs> I mean, actually, I think it's supposed to be a sauropod, since Paradox Suicune is based on a raptor, but... Okay. Come that, on, that's that, a giraffe! Yeah, that looks ugly. <laughs> I love it. It's it's like Diplin. It's so stupid. I love him. It is... I think that's one of the most noisy Pokemon designs I've ever seen. 
Like you, you see like pictures and they talk about noise in the picture. That's this Pokemon's <laughs> design. You know what? Weirdly <laughs> enough, when I look at it, I do kind of hear a trumpet yeah. sound. <laughs> like it's like there's a full jazz band playing and then it screeches to a halt and then. <laughs> oh goodness! We got another trailer later that also confirms something cool, which is that. A bunch of starter Pokemon, pretty much all the past starters are going to be available in the second part, which means I can shiny hunt them more easily, which is great, because my life is pain. (laughs) Why do you do this to yourself? I don't know, Greg! I don't know at this point, because I can! That, you know what, that's fair. (laughs) And then also, they've confirmed that there's going to be a 19th Terra-type, the logistics aren't fully known beyond the fact that it appears to be some kind of combination of all of them. And mm. that it will be available to all Pokemon, not just Terrapagos as people initially thought it would probably be. So who knows? We'll see how that plays out. Could be it functions like every type, could be it functions like the Legend Plate in Pokemon Legends Arceus, where it's, well, whatever type's most advantageous, you're that now. <laughs> okay. We'll find out. Alrighty. That was probably more time than I intended to spend on Pokemon stuff. <laughs> I had to get back on the soapbox. Let's move on to comics. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, the news isn't that much better here. <laughs> Alright, what do we got? <laughs> uh, after many years being the editor for the Avengers group of characters in comics, Marvel Publishing Vice President and Executive Editor Tom Brevort is going to be, not right away, but in the future, moving on to being the group editor for the X-Men titles. Is that good or is that bad? Well, I'll, I'll read the quote first and then I'll get into it. Okay. So he said on his personal Facebook page, the big story is that after a quarter of a century editing Avengers and its associated titles, I'm going to be moving away from those characters and titles and instead stepping into the world of mutants. Yes, that's right. I'm afraid that it's true. I'm the X. I still have a ton of stuff cooking in Avengers, including next year's big crossover event series that needs to be seen in completion. And at the same time, current ex-guru Jordan White and his team have a massive story that they're in the middle of and that won't run its course for a long while. What I do Mm. will grow directly out of what they're doing, provided they leave me anything to work with. Did you read that Hellfire Gala book? Cripes. (laughs) So, this fills me with fear. (laughs) Okay. For a couple of reasons. Alrighty. One, Tom Brevort is a man who is noted to be of sort of the no-such-thing-as-bad-publicity type. Spider-Man Reign. When Um, asked what the difference, for example, (laughs) between the marriage between Black Panther and Storm and Peter and MJ getting married was, he responded with, the marriage between Black Panther and Storm, when they get married, books sell. When Peter and Mary Jane split up, books sell. No. He's also responsible for... It's, it's been referred to as the Tom Brevort Manifesto, and it didn't originally start out this way, but it's basically become sort of a guiding principle for how Spider-Man works at Marvel Comics, and it's pretty much an emphasis on the fact that he is a character who needs to remain youthful for the audience to be relatable to him because every generation wants to grow up with him, which, you know, back in 2006 when you wrote it, not a bad idea, but, and and I'm, fuck, I'm getting back on another soapbox, say it with me now, (laughs) there's more than one Spider-Man now, you daft (laughs) pringus! (laughs) why do you have a teenage spider-man if not to have him tell the youthful stories that you want to appeal to people miles morales is great Mm -hmm. he's an awesome spider-man so just let peter grow the fuck up you've still got a spider-man who can do this stuff yeah 
also terrifying because a lot of people are taking this to imply that that means that Marvel Comics wants to start putting the X-Men at the forefront, presumably because that means their time is coming in the MCU. Hmm. And while I do welcome the idea of them in the MCU, I'm really not looking forward to the force synergy that's going to go on. <laughs> Whatever changes they make, you know they're going to ripple back somehow, and I am not about it. Yeah, because we can't have everything just sit on its own laurels and its own strengths and weaknesses. Like, no, there has to be synergy because marketing and money. <laughs> you know the original Guardians run, the modern one, Groot was part of the second team, wasn't even in the first one? Oh, really? It was Star-Lord, Rocket, Adam Warlock, Gamora was in it, Mantis was Mission Control, well, Mantis was kind of Mission Control, Cosmo was also Mission Control, then they found Vance mm. Astro. Okay. Groot was still recovering from Annihilation at the time. Oh, Philovel was in it. Oh, okay. And Drax. So there was still quite a few of the people from the movie, but there were other people in it, and now, now... The comics just want to keep going back to, oh, it's the five from the comics, and they're a family, and they used to be a ragtag bunch of misfits. No! No! That is not how it was! You are revisioning the, the, the comics history to match the movies, which is stupid, because the people watching the movies aren't picking up the comics! Are Gamora and Quill, like, in love with each other in the comics? They weren't, and then they were, and now they're in a throuple with Richard Ryder? So if they're a family, doesn't that mean they're... Con no, I'm not going to finish that joke. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't comment on A, the throuple, or the fact that B, the, the Nova in question's name is Richard Ryder, a.k.a. Mm. Star-Lord and Gamora are in a relationship with Dick Ryder. <laughs> you know what? I am disappointed in myself for missing that. <laughs> a little disappointed. Point is... Mm. Synergy is a terrifying thing, I hate it, and, uh, yeah, I'm a little concerned if that means he's moving on to there. Mm. Let's go to something that's also depressing, but... <laughs> but not as depressing? But it's better because you've got Randall Park being, being a really smart guy and calling it out. Okay. In an interview with Rolling Stone about his feature directing debut shortcomings, which I still want to see, it's just all the showtimes are in Bradenton and Tampa. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I'm not going to talk much about the movie itself because I haven't seen it and I don't want to go too much into it. But, when addressing a comment by, from the interviewer about how Asian representation in Hollywood is not great, mm -hmm. he said, I feel like, just in general, this industry is taking the wrong lessons. For example, Barbie is this massive blockbuster and the idea is, make more movies about toys. No, make more <laughs> movies by and about women. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to which the interviewer said, Right, the lesson here should be that you gave this brilliant independent woman filmmaker and Greta Gerwig the reins to a big blockbuster movie and had Margot Robbie star in and produce it. And he responded, Exactly. Think like that. It's Greta Gerwig. <laughs> so in the wake of in the wake of Mattel being like, Yeah, we want to launch all these movies, it is it is refreshing to see somebody go, No, that's dumb. Nobody Mm -hmm. Like, okay, yeah, part of what drew Barbie is the fact that it's an iconic IP, but what kept it going is the fact that it's a genuinely damn good movie. Yeah. So I'm not saying make another Barbie, because honestly, I'm not sure I'd watch a sequel. No, and I don't think there needs to be a sequel. You could make it by the exact same people with the exact same cast, and I'm still not sure I'd turn up for a sequel. 
But if you yeah, made something honestly. similar, not the same, not not don't just like go make it Polly Pocket or something or Betty Spaghetti. <laughs> but right. make something similarly off the walls, vision guided, telling something about the human condition. That also mm. happens to be zany and fun, and I know it's a tall order, but like <laughs> that's the takeaway. You make a good yeah. movie. People will make a good movie. Not always see it, but as we'll get into. They'll remember it. Yeah. Okay, I've got some genuinely good news this time, I swear. Oh boy. Probably. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, it, de- it depends. It depends okay. on what you think. Talk to me is officially getting a sequel. Okay. Same same directing team. It's still the Philippos. Philippos? Mm. I'm still bad at this. Yes, yeah, I say you're better than I would be. Deadline is calling it Talk to Me, but I don't know if that's what it's actually called. Hmm. With you know, with a two instead of yeah, yeah, yeah. The number like expen- two. Ex- it's better than expend fordables. Expend fordables. Expend for those forbles. Yeah, which this is good to see because mm-hmm. yeah, I I wasn't the biggest fan of this movie, but I still liked it, and it's still a good oh, horror yeah. movie. Yeah, it was still a good movie. And when I say I'm not the biggest fan, I just mean it, it's not my favorite. Which nothing against it itself. Yeah, because there's nothing there's nothing ostensibly wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm getting <sighs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Point is, yeah, this is apparently getting a sequel. Very All good right. to see. Yeah, very good to see it. See it indeed. Oh my god, that's right. A twenty four got nine Oscar wins this year. Oh, good for them. <laughs> Not that it really matters because the Oscars just sucking are all political anyway. Mm. But hey, whatever. Let's go to the big twist. Oh boy! Remember how last week Gal Gadot was saying that Wonder Woman three was definitely happening, and she got confirmation from James Gunn and Peter Safran about it, and I was very upset. Yeah. Well. At the risk of going back to the wild, wild west days of right before James Gunn made his big DC slate announcement, and the trades were saying one thing and actors were saying another thing, and then James Gunn was saying, nobody's got it all right, okay? Variety now has an exclusive where sources have apparently told them that nothing was ever promised to Godot regarding Wonder Woman 3. Ooh, that's... spicy? Is that the correct yeah, word for because... that? <laughs> Um, apparently, there was not any. There was never any definitive discussion of Godot's Wonder Woman continuing with the new DC universe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, which is really crazy, considering she said that she was quoting them as saying, "We're going to develop Wonder Woman three with you. You've got nothing to worry about." Oh. So somebody's lying. Huh. Somebody's lying, like big time. There's an alternative, generous interpretation here of. She might have misinterpreted something that was said regarding her returning to the role in a different capacity, or maybe working with them on something mm. else. It's kind of hard for me to grasp that one, considering she explicitly said Wonder Woman 3. Yeah, I mean, if it turns out that she's that she's not coming back, I'm kind of okay with that, because of what we talked about last time, which is the whole thing of, if you're wiping the slate clean and recasting a lot of your major characters, there's no point in keeping one of the previous actors in that And role. I would have even been fine with it pre- Wonder Woman 84, and also pre-Shazam Fury of the Gods, and also, now that I've seen the cameo scene, pre-The Flash, but Mm. after Wonder Woman 84 tanked her lore, and, well, okay, the first Wonder Woman kind of did that as well with killing off all the Greek gods, but between her lore kind of getting tanked, Cheetah kind of getting botched, and then showing up for cameos (laughs) in two other movies looking increasingly disinterested each time while that 
screeching theme that doesn't fit anything keeps going. <laughs> if I live a hundred thousand years, I'll never be free of its influence. But mm. yeah, a- after that, no, cut it. You have entrenched her too firmly in this previous continuity. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> I I don't know what to make of any of this anymore. Yeah, no, it's all very confusing. Huh. You know what's not confusing? Hollywood studios suck and should pay their writers more. Oh boy, it's time for that se- favorite <laughs> yeah, segment. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite segment of the show. Do-do-do-do-do-do, pay your fucking writers! And now actors. So, big news, actually. Okay. The AMPTP has provided a counterproposal. Okay, is it dog shit? We don't know, because the WGA oh. has not actually revealed what it is. Oh, okay. They have recessed negotiations until next week, and we'll go back with a response. Now, hmm. they did put out a statement to their members saying, Your negotiating committee received a counterproposal from the AMPTP. We will evaluate their offer, and after deliberation, go back to them with the WGA's response next week. Sometimes more progress can be made in negotiations when they're conducted without a blow-by-blow description of the moves on each side and a subsequent public dissection of the meaning of the moves. That will be our approach, at least for the time being, until there is something of significance to report, or unless management uses the media or industry surrogates to try to influence the narrative. The Guild always has the right to communicate with our members, and will do so when we think there is news you need to know. In the meantime, please continue to demonstrate your commitment by showing up to the picket lines for yourselves, your fellow writers, SAG-AFTRA, fellow union members, and all those in our community who are impacted by the strikes. Which is a valid statement. Yeah, very much so. Because, yeah, we don't necessarily need to know everything that's going on. Yeah. And by we, I mean us, the people who aren't even involved. (laughs) Because a lot of the times, that could turn it into, yeah, we'll just take that deal, that sounds pretty good, even if the deal doesn't actually get them what they want on key issues. Which it should, I hope. (laughs) Like, ideally, I really wish the students would come back with, yeah, okay, you can have whatever you want, but they won't. Yeah, because they're pricks. Cause, yeah, because they're pricks. <laughs> yeah, I, that no, was a, it's like, I was trying I, to figure out the sick way to put it, and then you did it. Well done. <laughs> I was trying to, I came up with something else. I was like, no, that's too sweary and immature. Let's come up with something better. Than so that. you pricks. 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 That works. <laughs> yeah, that works. It's like, that's middle school enough. <laughs> that is aggressively middle school, actually. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. But no, hopefully this is resolved in such a way that the writers come out happy. I was yeah, gonna say everyone, ideally. but fuck everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No matter what, not everyone's going to be happy depending on how this goes, so... One of my favorite lines from Camp Laszlo, it's not fully applicable here, is why, why do we do this again? It helps the campers build self-esteem, sir. Some people don't deserve self-esteem, Slinkman. <laughs> and yeah, it, replace self-esteem with happiness. And replace people mm. with executives. <laughs> and you've kind of got the whole thing. That's all, folks. <laughs> Here's a tiny little nugget of a thing. Okay. Sources are reporting that apparently Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is gearing up to shoot, just without sag after actors. How? Uh, presumably the idea is they're going to just... Because you gotta remember, Sonic 3 is probably gonna have quite a few shots where there is not a single human being in the frame. Hmm. So, presumably... The idea is, go there, get the basic background shots that you need so that you can insert Sonic tails and knuckles on there later. Oh, okay, fair enough. I don't know how well that's gonna work, because I don't make movies. Yeah. Like, I feel like on one hand, it's it makes sense to do that, because if nothing else, you're just knocking out some work, some extra work early. 
But on the other hand, I feel like that's also banking on this strike ending in a timely manner at the same time. Yeah. So we'll see about that, I guess. Mm. I'm looking forward to Sonic 3. I know we won't get one until the strike ends, but I'm really, I'm really gunning for a Shadow <laughs> the Hedgehog announcement of who's voicing him. That would be something. Because the two best people I've seen suggested are Oscar Isaac and Keanu Reeves. And I don't know if you could get Ooh. either of them, but... I feel like I would want Oscar Isaac. No, Keanu Reeves would be legendary, though. Ooh, this is hard. Isn't it? That's a, it's a really hard decision. And, like, it could be neither <laughs> of them, and I'm trying not to get my hopes up. Yeah, because both of them would be perfect. <laughs> and now this one is an update to something that I forgot to report on last week. Okay. So, for starters, at GalaxyCon on July 30th, Stephen Amell, portrayer of Oliver Queen from Arrow and other CW-verse shows... Oh Got in a little bit of hot water. <laughs> Doing what? Well, a clip made the rounds uh, when he was talking about the strike of him saying, I support my union. I do. And I stand with them. I do not support striking. I don't. I think that it is a reductive negotiating tactic. I find the entire thing incredibly frustrating. I think the thinking as it pertains to shows like the show that I'm on that premiered last night, I think it's myopic. No, that's not how that works. If if you it's like that's not if you if you don't support striking then no you don't support your union <laughs> and also yeah re- reductive right because what do you do when you come to your boss and go I want to get paid fairly and your boss says no <laughs> just take it on the chin yeah it's just like just, all right I guess I'll just die now <laughs> just, I want to get paid fairly no fair deal <laughs> back to work I, I get- go. I, I want to get I want to get paid fairly. Fuck off. All right, you have a good rest of your day. <laughs> so he immediately went to damage control mode on August first, writing on Instagram, "I'm an actor and I was speaking extemporaneously for over an hour. I emote, but I certainly don't think these issues are simple. Our leadership has an incredibly complicated job, and I'm grateful for all that they do. Despite some of my terrible early acting work, I assure you, I'm not a robot." From an intellectual perspective, <laughs> I understand why we're striking, but that doesn't mean it isn't emotionally frustrating on many levels for all involved. And then also concluded with, I'm simply sad that we don't have a chance to celebrate a show that all of us figuratively, and I literally, broke my back for, at least for the foreseeable future. I choose to stand with my union. When you see me on a picket line, please don't whip any hard fruit. Which, <laughs> if you hadn't said I do not support striking, mm-hmm. this whole thing would be like a non-issue. Yeah, for real. But you just put that one line in there. <laughs> just that one sentence. You just Anyways, the, yourself. <laughs> the, the follow up the follow up to this and the reason why this is still making the news is that on Friday he was spotted on the picket line in New York. Okay, well good. So presumably his PR team was like, You need to get ahead of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like on one hand good, on the other hand that's probably another form of damage control. Get your ass out there. Get your ass in the heat with the rest of us. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 the kind of stuff that's always disappointing to hear. Mm. Especially when it's like, I, I don't want to presume how much he made from Arrow, but I assume he's probably doing pretty alright. Yeah, no. So it's like, yeah, this is for everybody else, yeah. You dingus. You dingus? That's <laughs> nicer. <laughs> right, I blanked out. Trailer time! <laughs> <laughs> okay! I was just, just like, no, it's, like, can you still not hear me? <laughs> No, I couldn't hear anything, but I also blanked out. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's trailer time again. We've got movie previews to watch. It's trailer time again. So it was not a week of 
big good. trailers. <laughs> I'm not going to say good. Some of these were peak. Okay, a couple of these were, were something else. <laughs> and one of them technically is also from last week. This is kind of a catch-up week on stupid stuff that I missed. Mm. But I decided to keep it because this is my cracoon. <laughs> this is my, I'm going to bring this dumb, stupid thing to this podcast, so help me. I basically just took your homework, and I made some edits, and I scribbled my name on it, and now I'm passing it off as my own. Ladies and gentlemen... So, as I say, so, to that end, Student Cody, what have you brought to class today? (laughs) Slaughterhouse. Which is? (laughs) Which is, I guess, a sorority girl gets a pet sloth who goes on a killing spree. You know what's unfortunate? Yeah. Is that, honest to goodness, this looks a lot better than Crackoon, and I would probably watch this over Crackoon. <laughs> I don't know if I could say it looks better, because the thing is, we don't see any actual kills. Well, it doesn't look as ghetto. It looked like it was filmed by people with a decent amount of general competency. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree! <laughs> I think this looks just about as bad, we just aren't seeing any particularly bad effects, because they're not in the trailer. Hmm. Fair. But no, this looks dumb, and it's like... You don't even know what it eats. Do you not have Google? Yeah, for real. <laughs> you just... Did you just... I, I mean, I, I, I'm I, sure people are that irresponsible, but did you just get this thing and was like, I don't need to take care of it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's, some people are unfortunately that irresponsible. <laughs> I feel like this whole movie was based on... You ever see that one video of, like, a really long sloth crawling across pavement? I think so. That's terrifying. That one's actually <laughs> terrifying. Like, that thing is so lanky and so big, and it's just like, if that creeps towards me in a horror movie, I'm saying no. And it's like somebody saw that and went, okay, but what if we didn't do that and we just did a regular-ass sloth? <laughs> and the answer is it looks terrible, but boy howdy. Yeah. <laughs> and they do a title drop. Oh, man, that... <laughs> When he said that, I actually got mad, and so did all the other actors and actresses in that scene. Or just like, it's a slother house. And everyone's just like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's just like, thank you. Thank you, movie, for expressing how I feel. <laughs> I forget, was the sloth driving something at some point? I feel like I, I remember the sloth behind the wheel of something. I think the sloth was behind the wheel of something. Boy, fucking howdy. Mm-hmm. And they're calling it Alpha for some reason. Yeah, when I was like, why are they just constantly saying Alpha? And then I got to a point where I was like, did they seriously fucking name the sloth Alpha? Because <laughs> in the wild it's a beta, but here it's an Alpha? What does that mean? No, it's yeah, not! What the, what the fuck does that mean? Do you know what a sloth is? It's... I don't think you do. Yeah. Boy, imagine if, like, the creators of this movie wanted to make a Wolverine movie or something and they just got it mixed up with a sloth. That's what I think happened. <laughs> Like, there was, this was supposed to be Honey Badger Hell or something, and then mm. just they pitch it to, like, whoever the money guy is, and it's like, ah, yes, Slaughter House. And it's like, <laughs> but a slot. no, that's what we're doing. Mm. Uh, you're the guy with the money, I guess. Yeah, it's like, all right, sure, we'll, we'll make it, I don't know about make it work, but we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> can you make it work? I can make it happen. Yeah! <laughs> Can you, what do you think? Can you make this a good movie? I can make it a movie. <laughs> that means it'll work. Nope, nope, nope. I chose my words very carefully. <laughs> you, you did not listen to what I just told you. <laughs> I can sure make Are this a feature-length release movie. <laughs> Quality to be determined. 
Probably by a jury of my peers. Yeah. <laughs> this is terrible. Apparently it's getting a limited release at the end of this month, and I can't wait. Mm. Oh, God almighty. Very excited. <laughs> Speaking of fucked up horror, mm-hmm. we also got a trailer for Good Boy. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know! Like, genuinely, when it showed, like, that it's actually, like, the dog is a guy in a dog suit, I'm like, okay, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, so the, the premise of this one is that a, a woman meets a man on a date, and apparently he seems, like, really great, but he's got a roommate who just insists on being treated as a dog, to the point of constantly wearing a dog costume. Mm. Apparently he's been through some shit. Yeah, it's just, uh, uh... I... I'm 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 morbidly curious, I'll admit. So <laughs> I was trying to see if there was any like more information about this movie just by and I and I literally Google searched good boy horror movie and what it brought me to was a trailer for an episode of Into the Dark. <laughs> and there's an episode called Good Boy where and I think we've watched this, this seems very familiar. But the premise of the episode is, hoping to ease her anxiety, a woman buys an emotional support dog that kills anyone who adds stress to her life. And I feel like we've watched this? (laughs) It seems very familiar. (laughs) And it's just like, well, that's not what I was hoping for, but... (laughs) The poster for this is terrifying. For the thing I said or for the actual movie? No, for the movie. Oh, oh yeah, no, it's it's At least the one on Rotten Tomatoes is. Yeah, yeah. Wait, oh, is this called Me, You, and Frank, like, everywhere else? Maybe, I don't know. Limited release Friday, September 8th, 2023. Oh, it is. It is actually, yeah, it's called Me, You, and Frank, I think, outside of the U.S. Okay. Oh, all right. Hmm. Oh, it's Norwegian. Okay. Yeah, this looks fucked up. This looks very fucked up. (laughs) This looks kind of awful as well. I'm going to be real. (laughs) It's going to be a real spooky September Mm. if I choose to see this, which I'm not sure if my heart can take it. Yeah, it's like a spooky September, the best month for spooky movies. <laughs> no, clearly it's July. Didn't you see Haunted Mansion? Oh, wait, no, uh, we didn't. No, we did not, and nobody else did, apparently. <laughs> what came out that week instead? It was Talk to Me, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was Talk to Me, yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> That's actually really funny. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so we also got a trailer for another A24 distributed movie, All Dirt Roads Taste of Salt. I mean, this looks cool. It looks poignant. This looks like it's gonna fuck me up. Yeah, as I say, it also looks very emotional. (laughs) I guess it's a a much smaller time movie made by the woman who directed it is also the movie's writer, and this is like her first major release. It looks interesting. It's As far as I can tell, it's the basic premise that it follows like a black family living in Louisiana in the 1960s. And just kind of follows their day-to-day life. At least that's kind of the general vibe I got get from it. Apparently it's Mississippi. Or Mississippi, thank you. Just looking it up on Wikipedia, the, the plot says, The film charts the growth, loves, and heartbreaks of a black woman in Mississippi from her childhood through her adult years. Hmm. Also, apparently it's going to have very little actual dialogue in it. I can see that. Because definitely the vibe I got from it. That This seems to be a movie where... Just based on the trailer, of course, but it seems to be a movie where, like, the things that hit you aren't necessarily what's going to be said, but what happens. Hmm. Like, whatever our characters go through or the experience. Like, that was especially, like, the feeling I got at the scene when the family's, like, watching the house burn down. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be one of those movies where it's not going to be so much about what they talk about or what they say, but what they go through. 
I can see that. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing an actual release date. Like, I'm seeing people going, oh, it's it it came out, or it got its premiere in January at Sundance, and it's releasing at, like, these film festivals. Like, okay, what about in theaters? Yeah. I can't make it to a film festival. I need to... I, I'm doing other stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. I do want to see this, though, even though I'm sure it will fuck me up and make me feel real bad about myself. Oh, yeah. I'm still not re- fully recovered from Barbie. <laughs> but I guess, I guess we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. I don't like not knowing things, Greg. I just don't. No, I understand. I understand completely. It seems kind of counterintuitive. That's so hard to figure out exactly where it's going to be. It could be they haven't decided on it yet. Mm, fair. It could be they want to give it these other film festival premieres and then decide if they want to release it and how wide they want to release it. <laughs> fair. Which just leaves one other trailer... Uh, this one I originally wasn't going to include because it was Netflix, but apparently it's also getting a limited theatrical release. And also, just the concept is nuts. And it's El Conde. <laughs> A.K.A. The Count. Yeah. And it's uh, Chilean President Auguste Pinochet has been a vampire for 250 years. <laughs> Which I want to make very, like, for people who don't know, who's going to be everyone who listens to this, when this man told me about that, my reaction was literally just, what? <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. It was exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> now, this is based on an actual person. He was a Chilean general and the dictator of Chile from 1973 to 1990. I unfortunately don't really know a lot about the military uh, junta of Chile, but yeah, I, I was just like, what the hell? I actually genuinely want to see this. <laughs> this. I almost feel like he doesn't need to be a vampire for this movie to work, but... Yeah, no, this, this like, unironically looks like a good time. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take more vampire movies. I've already got two in my top ten, spoiler alert. <laughs> I could, I could, I could go for a third. Mm. Not that being a vampire movie guarantees it again on my list, but, you know, it's a... It's a damn good pull. Yeah, fair. So apparently there's an accountant who's trying to help him with getting out from under some money laundering accusations or something. But also she might be there to kill him. But also she says she's there to try and save him. He's like, I am a soldier. Do not take me for for a thief. Yes, of course. It's like, no, you stole shit. (laughs) You stole a lot of shit. (laughs) You call it what it is. Calls it like you sees it. (laughs) I just love the effects of him floating. Those are really funny. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also him blending up those organs and then drinking them. Oh, God, oh my. That was horrible. I feel like it's not as bad because it's in black and white. True, true. But it's still enough where like, it fills in the blanks. It's like They show that just for like a split second, and then a couple shots later, it is just like him chugging on a drink, and it's spilling over his mouth and all. I'm just like, oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's unpleasant. Mm. And then I guess some other people turn against him because like, what if we kill them? Four vampires? Yeah, it's just not, it's like, he's got you there, man. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard if you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Which we'll get into later. Well, no, this, this genuinely looks like a pretty good time. Yeah. I'm hoping that it has a release somewhere near us yeah, when it gets same. this limited theater release. Fingers crossed. I might even go to AMC for this one if I have to. Mm-hmm. Let's talk box office. Oh, boy. We did see the highest grossing movie this weekend. It's Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is. It's still Barbie, all right? It's still fucking Barbie, all right? Get off my back. It's Barbie. (laughs) 
Took in $33.8 million domestically this weekend, sitting at $526.4 million in domestic total, and $1.18 billion worldwide. Still creeping up on Mario. Okay, well, on one hand, good. On the other hand, that the, the fact that it made $33 million and that's the top one this weekend does not spell good things for everybody else. <laughs> no, especially not when you find out who reclaimed second place, because it's Oppenheimer. Oh, really? Yeah, Barbenheimer's still going strong. All right. $18.8 million domestic weekend, $264.2 million domestic total, and $648.1 million worldwide. I think it's sitting at like 6th or 7th highest grossing movie this year so far. Okay. 6th. And it's got less than 40 mil to go to beat Across the Spider-Verse. We'll see if it does. Alright. 3rd place, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. $15.2 million domestic weekend, $72.3 million domestic total, and $94.2 million worldwide, which is depressing. Yeah, that's... I figured it would have broken 100 by this point. Well, I guess the thing is, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to pretend to be a Ninja Turtles expert, but I can imagine where they're probably not the biggest global draw. Mm, fair, yeah. Especially not animated. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I could be way off on all this. I'm going to have to do some research, figure out where the Ninja Turtles have sat historically box office-wise. <clears throat> and also only a $70 million budget, so they're not doing bad. Okay, fair. Yeah, you know what? That budget is actually less than I thought it would be, so fair Plus, play. the sequel's been greenlit, so... Okay, then it's doing well enough, then. Then yeah. who cares, you know? Yeah. I mean, I still want to see it do better, because it deserves it, but... Mm-hmm. Dropping down to fourth place, Meg to the Trench. All right. Okay, you know, you know how most of Turtles' money came from domestic? Mm-hmm. Get ready to flip the script, because we're looking at Meg 2 took in a $12.8 million domestic weekend, sitting at $54.2 million in domestic total, $258.3 million worldwide. Really? Yeah. Where is it doing well? <laughs> you know, I never bothered to check, but... Hmm. I guess I'm not too surprised, because this movie probably doesn't need to be very dialogue-heavy. Yeah, fair, yeah. You just need a shark eating people. <laughs> ah, China. Hmm. Fair enough. 90.3 mil from China alone. Alright. Yep, okay. That explains that. I wonder what the pool is for Chinese audiences. <laughs> probably, I assume, dumb Americans get eaten by sharks? Fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm projecting because I haven't actually seen the Meg 2. I just saw the Meg, which is why I didn't see the Meg 2. But, mm. one of the last Voyage of the Demeter, you ask? The movie mm. that we saw. Fifth place, and it's tragic. Oh, boy. <laughs> so is the box office. $6.5 million. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. Well done. <laughs> You made me, I laugh more so because you made me think of the one scene that I kept laughing at, even though I know it was a deeply inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We had a reverse Corella, like you said. But anyways, no, $6.5 million domestic weekend and in total, no worldwide release, and it's got a $45 million budget. Oh, boy. That's depressing to me. That is tragic. Universal's released two Dracula movies this year, and both are underperforming. Mm. And they're both good! What was the other one again? Renfield! Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like this movie a lot. <laughs> in case you don't know, this is based on one specific chapter in the novel of Dracula. It's based on the Captain's Log, the voyage from Carpathia to 
uh, London. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a crew is hired to transport some boxes to England. And, uh, turns out one of the boxes has Dracula. <laughs> and chaos ensues. Things go horribly wrong. Horribly wrong horrifically quickly. Yeah. No, the only real problem I have with this movie is the beginning. Mm. And only because the movie starts with it, a written, like, text intro going, this is what this is based on. When the when the ship arrived, it was derelict, and it's just like, okay, I really don't feel like we needed this. Like, yeah. you either already know it's about Dracula, and if you didn't know it's about Dracula, congrats, it's been fucking ruined for you. And then, yeah. then, it cuts to the the British constabulary discovering the wrecked ship on the shore, and it's just like, okay, we didn't necessarily need the and then they start reading the captain's log, and it gets to where things went, and it, it's just like, okay, at the risk of sounding like a Rick and Morty skit, I'm getting increasingly sick of starting in the middle and then jumping back five minutes later. Hmm. You could have just started right at the start, and it would have been fine. And even if you don't agree with that, you may not have needed the bit of the British constables discovering the ship, you almost certainly didn't need the text intro, and you definitely didn't need both. Right. It's just redundant, it's just an absolute pace breaker, I don't understand who that's for, do you really think, like, somebody's just gonna, uh, it, maybe it's for home release, because I can't imagine somebody's gonna sit in the movie theater if they don't immediately know that it's about Dracula, well, no vampires here, I'm getting up! Yeah, it's very much one of those things where, like you said, it takes the wind out of the sails of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Upon very intended. Um, but it does legitimately like take the wind out of the sails of the film. Because then it's like, oh, well, now we know that it all goes awry, but how does it happen? Let's rewind back. It's just like, no, you just... I mean, it wouldn't have been like a major surprise, but that does definitely... like kill a lot of tension yeah a bunch of guys on the ship versus dracula yeah because it's like already you draw conclusions as to what happened as a result of that and it's just like oh well that kind of sucks <laughs> i think i know why they did it but it just feels unnecessary and i'll get into that part in spoilers hmm. but no because this is a good cast yeah everybody does a really good job with what they're given you know the one that did catch me off guard when it came to casting was that it, I didn't realize that Corey Hawkins plays Clemens. Huh. Who, for the uninitiated, amongst many other roles, he played Dr. Dre in Straight Out of Compton. Oh. Yeah, Neat. so yeah, so when I clicked on that, I was just like, huh, wow, they did a good job with you on the makeup and hair and all that. <laughs> Still haven't seen that. Oh, he was in Black Klansman. Yeah, he's Stokey Carmichael. Neat. Yeah, at the beginning of Black Klansman, he's the civil rights activist giving the speech to the college students. Oh, very good. I gotta rewatch that movie. It's been a minute. I haven't seen it since it was out in theaters. Yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's just kind of depressing. <laughs> I'd say the ending is depressing. Mm, fair. The movie ends on an absolute fucking downer, which, you know, yeah, I shouldn't be surprised, but... Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, back to Last Voyage of the Demeter. It's well acted. It's well shot. The set mm. is good because the whole ship feels claustrophobic and unpleasant, and increasingly yeah. so, the more tense things get. And honestly... I think they do a good job with the pacing. Yeah, no, the pacing's pretty solid almost the entire way through. Also pretty decently horrifying. Yeah, 
it's not make you jump out of your pants scary, but it is creepy. It is consistently creepy, and it's consistently unsettling the entire way through. Yeah. This movie has a 48% critic rating, and I don't understand. Doesn't it have something like a 70% like audience score, though? Yeah, that one I get. Yeah, and, and that, honestly, that kind of lines up with the grade I would give the movie. Like, it's not a bad movie in any regard. Honestly, if anything, I'm surprised the audience score is that high. Oh, really? Yeah, because, like, if I'm being honest, the movie doesn't have a slow beginning. Mm-hmm. But I feel like not an awful lot happens in the beginning. I feel like, to a less patient person, it's gonna feel kind of real spinny. Yeah. I'd expect audiences to be going, alright, when does Dracula start killing people? He's still not doing it yet? Oh my god. Oh my god. And you're telling me critics are the ones doing that instead? Bizarre! (laughs) I mean, I did kind of have that thought. Not so much, like, alright, when's Dracula gonna get started, but more more so, like, okay, when are we gonna get hints that things are gonna get started? Because it felt like the beginning of the movie definitely plants seeds, but it takes a little bit for those seeds to sprout, I guess. Not horrifically so, it's not like a thing where it's like, it plants like those seeds and then things don't start happening until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. Like, it's not that bad, not by any regard. No. They spread the killings out pretty decently. Yeah. Oh, do you think it's a spoiler to go into Dracula's design? I don't necessarily think so, because it's in the trailers. Yeah, it's in the trailers, and yeah, that's part of the thing that is that I describe as being consistently creepy and unsettling. Dracula's design is pretty solid, and gets, not in terms of quality, but in terms of oh god factor, gets so much worse the longer the movie goes. <laughs> and it's yeah. really well done. <laughs> no, because instead of, you know, we, we kind of associate vampires and Dracula in particular as, you know, sort of suave, well-dressed, mm-hmm. attractive in a distant, cold sort of way. A-, a face only a mother would love. No, not like that. Mm. In the case of, like, you like him, but you're also not entirely sure he isn't going to skin you alive and hang you in his closet. Spoiler, he probably is. But the uh, dangerous part of the allure? <laughs> right. I'm, I don't know if that's correct or an accurate summation of anything, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. that sort of... <laughs> I don't want to say, ah, definitely not bad boy vibe, but just that sort of, the same way Killian Murphy's attractive. <laughs> okay, I understand that. <laughs> right? Because, like, he's a good looking guy, but also, you know, I'm not 100% convinced he wouldn't suck my blood if it came down to it. <laughs> Nothing against him. Yeah, no, that's Might fair. even let him. <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> I was amazed Dave Desmalkin was in this. I had no idea. Hmm. Because he's the first mate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was like, oh, it's you. I was not expecting you to show up at all. <laughs> and in another bit of uh, comic book trivia, Olgerin? Mm-hmm. Olgerin. Olgerin, the, uh, the longer-haired guy. Oh, oh, right, Yeah, right. I almost gave away something from later in the movie, but <laughs> glad I didn't. He is Stefan Kapicic. Okay. I, I'm butchering this last name. He's Colossus in the Deadpool movies. Oh, okay. So no, I, I like this a lot. This does a really good job building to what seems like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I mean, eh, I almost want to say because it kind of is. 
in a lot of ways it is because but and, you know that's that's a problem with a lot of prequel stuff in general is well why bother when you already know how things are generally gonna go i feel like this movie is a really good argument for why to bother anyway because a yeah lot of the time, if you do it right the journey is more important than the destination yeah, no, because, I mean, I remember when it was revealed about this and when you told me, like, what the premise is, because I haven't read Dracula in years. You know, as much as I love monster movies, I've never read it. I remember reading it in high school. Ah. But that was the last time I touched it. And we didn't even read all of it. We just read, read like, a couple, like, key chapters to do assignments on. Uh, mm. The Joy's Public Education. But it's one of those things where it's like... When you told me that, it's like, oh yeah, this is like based on one of the early chapters in Dracula. It's like, oh, really? Well, I wonder how it's going to end. Yeah, what gee, I wonder if Dra- anybody on the boat makes it. <laughs> I to say, it's like, I wonder if they kill Dracula. <laughs> I really like their odds. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like the movie actually does a good job. It's like, okay, you, you kind of know what's going to, like, if, if you know anything, you know, like, what's going to happen but you don't know how it happens and the movie definitely does a, a good job of making how it happens very enthralling i suppose if i had one other flaw for the movie it's that on the one hand obviously these are characters who are not familiar with centuries of vampire lore mm-hmm. and therefore is it centuries at this point decades at the least of vampire yeah. lore and therefore you can't expect them to know all the intricate ins and outs of how to deal with one but at some points, they make some decisions that, in the face of the empirical evidence they have, based on this guy's capabilities, are baffling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get into it in spoilers, but some of it's just like, come on, guys. I know you've never <laughs> seen one of these before, but come on. You're not that stupid. You have demonstrated that you're not that stupid. Clemens, at least, definitely isn't that stupid. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's more of a spoiler thing. <sighs> You got anything else that's not a spoiler? Uh, I'm glad they did not use the Smashing Pumpkin song in the, in the movie. Oh, thank God. I was actually kind of waiting for it, because it's one of those things where it's like... I was thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder if they're going to try and find some way to shove it in the movie, and I'm very glad that they didn't. <laughs> oh, I've got a really funny one, but that's in spoilers, so it's going to have to wait. Alrighty. In general, yeah, go see it! Yeah, this is a, this was a, a surprisingly good time. If you're even the slightest bit of a horror-slash-vampire fan, go see it. Mm-hmm. It's oh, worth yeah. it. Honestly, I have reorganized my list, and this is now on my top ten. Okay. I don't know if it's going to stay there, but it's there. <laughs> That's encouraging. Right, yeah, I like... Boy, it really says a lot about my taste that I've got two different Dracula movies on my top ten list this year so far. <laughs> Along with Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Guardians. <laughs> but I make no apologies for my taste. Uh, fair. Even if it's very coppery. <laughs> fair. I think we're good for spoilers. Yeah, I think it's spoilers. It's a good time for spoilers. So if you don't want to get spoiled on the last voyage of the Demeter, make sure to click away in three, two, one. Alright, can I just say I really appreciate after the whole Dark Universe fiasco... I appreciate Universal's restraint in not super overtly sequel-baiting the fuck out of this. Yes. <laughs> That's a low bar, and I shouldn't be praising them for it. But We're happy that they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, so the big spoiler is not everybody on the ship dies. Clemens actually got away. But mm-hmm. he abandoned ship as it was sinking, 
So his his survival wasn't publicized. Ergo, right. as far as the historical record of Dracula in universe is concerned, the canon is intact, and he's planning on hunting down Dracula and avenging the rest of the crew. And I swear to God, the whole last five minutes, last ten minutes, somewhere around there, I was sitting there going, Van Helsing's gonna show up, or Harker's gonna show up. Somebody from the fucking Dracula movie is gonna show up, and they're gonna <laughs> form an alliance to go bring this guy down, and it's gonna be the next fucking planned movie. Nope. No such thing. I was very pleasantly surprised. I was fully expecting it to be like a mid or post credit scene, where that introduces Van Helsing. Right? Yeah. But no, they didn't do it. Yeah, it's like, thankfully they did not take the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I'm so glad. I mean, I'm just kind of going to jump a little bit all over the place with this. I was, Yeah, go for I, it. I think the, the main sticking point for me is that they actually had... I, I So, it's one of those things where it's like, I understand why movies don't do this. Because it's not exactly a great thing to like really see or portray. But there's always a part of me that kind of gets like, okay, you get a point for having the balls to kill the kid on screen. Because everyone, almost everyone dies, including, rather sadly, the captain's, like, was he, eight-year-old grandson or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so that was genuinely, like, very unfortunate. And they, of course, show that Dracula, like, sucks the kid's blood on screen, but... <laughs> it was genuinely pretty fucking tragic. It was extremely tragic. Because you're but... thinking, oh, they're gonna rescue him somehow, and that No! He no, ends up I... in a coma, and then he dies. Again... It's not exactly great, because I thought, figured it's like, okay, the kid is definitely dead, but they're going to, like, do it off screen. It's like, nope. <laughs> you see it all, and it's just like, damn, all right. I mean, it's, like, a little out, it's a little out of screen. You don't really see the vampire, like, bite into his neck and hold him there. You just watch his hands drop the crucifix he's holding, which, okay, also, another great one that I thought was going to happen, and the movie kind of pulled the rug out from under me, and I'm not sure if it's because that weakness is not there, or if it's because... So... Dracula's got a big cross weakness, you know, in in most vampire fiction. Yeah. Here, it doesn't seem like they do anything to him, but they were building towards it, where, you know, there's characters carrying crucifixes. When the doctor bails ship, he's got the, the Bible and the cross, and those are two of the only things left behind when Dracula flies out of the lifeboat and fucking murks him. But <laughs> Yeah. So you're thinking, Which... <laughs> oh, Dracula's leaving behind that stuff because he can't touch it because it's anathema to him. But... Mm -hmm. At no point is a cross ever shown to help anybody against him. The captain tries using one, holding it up to him, going, I renounce you, devil, and it doesn't save him at all. Yeah, no, it doesn't do shit. And I'm not sure if that's because... One thing some other vampire movies do that I like is they bring up that it's not the cross specifically that repels Dracula, it's the faith behind it. Ergo, mm. other religious symbols would work equally well. But... Right. It could just be that by that point, the captain's faith in God is either non-existent or depleted, so it wasn't enough to repel Dracula. Or it could just be crosses are a weakness of his at all here. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> I mean, kind of talking about the, the cook for a second. Initially, I was thinking, it's like, you know what? Because his whole thing, the reason why he dies is because he actually knocks out a couple of the crew members and steals a lifeboat to, like just like row away from the boat and honestly when he did that i was like it's like you know what that's actually very smart <laughs> it's extremely fucked up don't get me wrong but it's like i cannot blame him for his decision making there of course find out he finds out very later unfortunately that dracula has the ability to fly and it's like all right in fairness, he didn't know that, so he can yeah. see that happening. But so it's just expected. like, yeah, but it's still like, ah, and he's like, because I was like, 
all right, on one hand, kind of an asshole. On the other hand, you were doing so good. It's like, oh, that sucks. And then he dies. <laughs> I honestly kind of figured he was going to get away because I just thought it wouldn't be worth it for Dracula to pursue him. Yeah. But I guess he was either like, no loose ends or nah, I'm a fuck with this guy. Yeah, no. Because I, I think up until that point in the movie, it wasn't shown, ex- at least expressly, that Dracula had the ability to fly. That too. Yeah, because I think one of the things that was going on was, like, every night that... Because when Dracula's first introduced, he is... I mean, he's still overpowered as fuck, but he is demonstrably weak. But as the voyage continues and as he drinks more blood, it's shown progressively that he gets stronger. So I was thinking it's like, okay, so he's gotten enough of his strength back to be able to fly again. And that's where all of that mm. all of that transpired. That could be. Yeah. I also like going to Dracula, not his design, but the character... Mm. I like that oh, he's, he's like very full of himself. <laughs> not just full of like they they start off presenting him as just like a mindless sort of beast who just kills stuff. Yeah. But it becomes apparent no, there's a genuine intelligence there, but also not like I said, vampires and Dracula in particular in fiction have been portrayed in recent times as, you know, suave, cunning in their own way, manipulative. This Dracula's not that at all. This Dracula and it's brought up he can take human form when he wants to, to disguise mm-hmm. himself. But for the most part, he feels like something that could pass for human if it wanted to, but hasn't done it in a while and kind of doesn't really know how to do it convincingly. Right. And doesn't have a lot of interest in it. Mm. But he actively mocks people at points. Mm-hmm. There's a bit... Obviously, you know, he's clever enough to get past all of their plans, although their plans also aren't that great. Yeah, no. (laughs) Case in point, you watch two of his vampire spawn go up in the sunlight. Why do you decide to do the final attack at fucking night? Yeah, that was that was one bit where I was just kind of like, okay, I guess this is... Yeah, because dramatic. (laughs) Because nighttime light and all that. I guess the idea might be that they wanted to get close enough to London that they could guarantee making it in a lifeboat. Mm. But it's still a case of, well, we're going to scuttle the ship, but we're going to do it at night and trap him in the cargo hold. Okay, okay, or, or, you do it at the break of dawn, and just let the ship go wherever. Yeah, for real. Or, or, you set the ship on fire. (laughs) And then you take the lifeboat. That was my thought at a certain point, because it's like, when people were just dying and he kept like, he was like, okay, there's a certain point where you just get off the ship and either blow the shit up or set it on fire, because you guys aren't winning. It doesn't matter how many Martini Henrys you have, you're not winning (laughs) against this. (laughs) Martini Henrys? That is the name of the rifle that they had. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought that was a drink. No, no, it's like when Anna has the I have the big gun scene. Where it's like, yeah, he's, try- yeah, like that he's trying to was- hand her the, the revolver and then oh, yeah, she just it- grabs a shotgun. Yeah, though, that is an actual, like, old black powder, powder rifle called a Martini Henry. And it is All a right. very fascinating weapon, actually. But it was just one of those things. That was, I think that was the other bit, too, that kind of got me. Because it's like, when they all go for guns, it's like, guys, it's Dracula. I don't think guns work on him. Yeah, but they don't <laughs> know that. Fair. Fair enough. For all we know, that could work on him. Mm. It seems like they hurt him. Oh, uh, true. They, uh, yeah, because he, he does get shot a couple times and it makes him stop whatever he's doing. He does get hurt by some stuff. Mm-hmm. The whole thing of some of the victims that he bites and all that turning vampiric is very terrifying. 
kind of carrying on from me talking about the kid and all that, it turns out later on that, yes, he does die, but right before they're about to throw his corpse off the ship, the captain, and... <laughs> it's pretty this tragic, is, but also... It's really tragic, but I, fe- I hate the way that I reacted to this, in all honesty. The captain's like, oh, I saw him move. He's still alive. He's like, no, he has no heartbeat. He's not breathing. He is 100% dead. No, I saw him. He's still alive. And they just take the um, wrap off of him, and he is dead as fuck. But the thing about it is that at that scene, it goes completely silent. Like, the music stops. Nobody's, like, talking or anything like that. And I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> as soon and as I it's... knew it was coming, but... Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, his eyes open up, and he grabs the captain and starts, like, trying to kill him. But then the sun also hits him, so he starts... The kid starts burning and burns the captain up pretty good, too. Like, not killing him, but definitely, like, gives him some significant burn scarring. And it's honestly pretty awful. Like, everything about the scene is pretty awful and pretty, like, terrible to watch. But (laughs) I think it's because it was telegraphed so hard and I picked it up right away. Because of all of it happening, my brain is going, it's like, you stupid fucks. (laughs) Yeah, so he's sitting there laughing and I'm sitting there as the kid bursts into flames with an actual look of like, oh god, on my face. It was a reverse Corella with the Dalmatians knocking her mom off the cliff. Yeah, just and it's one of those... Instead of me sitting there in my seat rolling around laughing at you going, oh god, why? <laughs> the turns have tabled. And it's very unfortunate because I also have to tell myself, like, okay, in fairness, those characters did not know that was going to happen. They had no idea. Well, except that one of their shipmates actually, that happened to one of them earlier in the movie, too. They might not have known he was that far along, though. Uh, fair. Because that's the whole thing. Like, no, none of them know vampire rules. Yeah. And it makes sense because even even Anna, who... Anna? Who was brought along by Dracula's emergency food supply because her village handed her over to him, points mm-hmm. out, he's been controlling my village for years. You think I know how to kill him? <laughs> which is like, yeah, he's actively keeping that information from disseminating out, which... Because why would he? I mean... In fairness, that whole bit also made me question how vampire rules go, too. Granted, I also realized at a certain point I was mixing some things up with Helsing, as in, like, the anime, which definitely takes some liberties with that, so... <laughs> and, I mean, to be fair, as much as I'm going, what, you couldn't have just scuttled the ship in the day? For all we know, he can go out in sunlight. We don't actually know. Mm, tr- yeah, he could be a daywalker. Because crosses usually burn him. Didn't do shit here. Mm-hmm. But guns hurt him, so maybe, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Maybe it just makes his spawn allergic to sunlight. I don't fucking know. That was horrifying. Okay, you know what else surprised me? Hmm. Since there were three boxes, I was half expecting Renfield to be in one. Not Nicholas Holt, although that would have no. been really funny. Can you imagine <laughs> if, if fucking he started off as Bella Lugosi and then turned into Javier Botet and then eventually he turns into Nicholas Cage? That would be like a worthy parody. If not that'd be else. really fucking funny. I'm glad they didn't do it though. But I was half expecting Renfield to be involved as sort of a helping cover for him type of thing. Right. But apparently not. Renfield's just non-existent here. Mm. Which fine. I say we'll wait for the sequel on that one. If anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll get one because of this pitiful box office performance. Oh yeah. Sad. 
Because, no, I thought this was really good. Yeah, same. Again, I was expecting this to be awful, and it was actually pretty good. And I was expecting this to be hopefully at least decent, and instead I got one of my favorite movies of this year. Hmm. Because of just <laughs> how... I, I find it to be a very tense build-up to what seems inevitable, and even the twist isn't so jarring that it doesn't feel like they did it for the sake of it. Although it does feel like that's why they included the whole text intro and the opening of the ship being discovered to go like, oh, look, nobody survives, nobody survives. I just kidding, one guy got away. Yeah. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> gotcha. Hmm. Very gruesome kills in this. Oh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> the way he gets that first guy, what was his name, Petrovsky? I think so, yeah. Yeah, no, that was fucking... Just slashes his throat, lets him start crawling away towards his knife, and then just drags him back. He stayed alive. I feel like the only problem with that is that he stayed alive for way too long. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I'm no doctor. Fair. I'm not Clemens. But no, this, to me, really good horror offering. Yeah. I feel like if this is the start of spooky season, we're in good hands. Oh, yeah. But I guess we'll have to see, because Saw 10 also comes out. I think we're in good hands regardless of what Saw 10 does. <laughs> yeah. Plus, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Got anything else for this one? I don't think so. All right. Well, in that case, that wraps up our review of The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which you should go see if you're in a horror. Yes, you should. And if you don't mind a slow burn, which I don't. <laughs> and it's not even that slow a burn. It's just not nonstop. If you don't want a slow burn, just don't step into the sunlight. Oh, well done. (laughs) Thank you. So as we're wrapping up this week's episode, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Spotify, TikTok, Facebook, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Mm -hmm. wherever. You don't have to do any of this. Just do whatever you feel like. Indeed. Next week, it's Blue Beetle, baby! Also, Strays! Probably going to prioritize Blue Beetle. Same, but I really am going to make an effort to see both this weekend. Alrighty. Because I want to see both. (laughs) Fair. Just for Jamie Foxx as the pug. (laughs) He's not a pug, he's a a French bulldog? What is he? I don't know. I'm bad with dog breeds. I like dogs, (laughs) but I'm bad with the breeds. (laughs) Boston Terrier. Ah, that's the one. God damn it, why am I so fucking bad at that's this? That's a Boston Terrier? Oh, that just... Oh, okay, yeah, you know what? He is a Boston Terrier, that's fine. All right. Well, I'm bad at dogs. Hmm. But tell you what I am good at. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye!